This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. I was trying to get it high. I want them dead presidents. I want to pull up. Head spin. Get it, get flat. I got six jobs. I don't get it. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Too Bad Ombres podcast, alongside my usual psychic partner in crime, that is the Doc from Doc and Jock, John Macaroon, and we have some great guests with us in studio today, a real bad ombre, in my opinion, and Thomas, the hitman Hearns. Mr. Hearns, how's it going? Fine, how you doing? Very good, sir. Also, Thomas Bolden and Jerry Reese. We've got some uh, stellar gentlemen. Joining us today, Doc, Vito, the least. Vito, you did a great job. I'm proud of you. I'm looking forward to this chat more than you know. When you have Detroit royalty in the house, you definitely are having a good day. Welcome to the studio, Mr. Hearns. We appreciate it. I look forward to the chat. Vito, you did really well. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well, you know, first and foremost, I wanted to say that Mr. Hearns already was nice enough to autograph a Sports Illustrated cover that I have of him from before his first bout with Sugar Ray Leonard. Very, very nice of you to do that. I wanted to compliment you about that first. And now, you know what, really to start off here, the discussion today, guys, I wanted to find out how do you get the nickname, the Hitman? Just got to keep knocking people out. Every time you get in the ring, knock them out. And then all of a sudden, the name follows you because you, they give you the name. And that's basically what happened with me. Um, after so many knockout, people just start calling um, are you just a knockout king. You got to be called the Hitman. <laughs> you are quite the knockout artist. I know that about you, and deserving of that nickname, definitely. And also, I wanted to get into the street dedication. Now, that was done for you through the help of Mr. Thomas Bolden, who wrote the city proposal, I know, for it as well. He correct. And Thomas, glad to have you here. Wanted to get you involved and ask you about what what was involved with writing that city proposal to get that street dedicated in honor of well, Thomas Hitman Hurts. Um, I have been a long-lifetime resident of Detroit and a long-lifetime fan of Thomas Hitman Hearns. The very first day he threw his first punch, his very first knockout, I was hooked ever since then. But as time went on, you know, following uh, Thomas Hitman Hearns' career, uh, one of the most prolific fighters I've ever seen in my life. Um, and not only that, being from Detroit, as I got older and uh, went off into my career as well, always wanted to do something back to give back to Detroit. And if I ever had the opportunity... I wanted to do something to uh, highlight Mr. Hearns' career because Mr. Hearns gave us uh, 100% quality showtime um, for over 30 years, you know, when it came to boxing. Um, I thought that it was the time for us as Detroiters to give back to Mr. Hearns as much as Mr. Hearns have given back to us as one of the world-renowned fighters in the country, in the world. In the world. You know? And and in doing so, um, I had the opportunity to meet with a lot of political figures and um, other people of uh, authority to assist me in this process uh, of helping um, me put this proposal together in terms of um, making that street renaming possible. Upon that, uh, the opportunity was given to me to uh, make that happen with the uh, cooperation of Mr. Hearns giving me the okay. And uh, and right along with the support of 
thousands and thousands of fans all over the world when word was out that the street was being renamed after him right at the legendary historical historical once again i say crunk boxing gym i mean emails phone calls letters came all over the country with with, with that said um thomas uh, i want to say that it made me feel proud to know that the people love me so much to give me street named after me and then following the street naming after they told me that crunk is available we have Crunk Gym, which is right right there on the same street. And that made me feel so great, you know. Now I was happy to to, to accept the name of the street and then accept the gym itself. But the gym, I guess the gym was a lot of problems. The gym has got to be remodeled because it didn't want to a lot of changes since it's been closed for the last four or five years. And and to get that gym back up to the park and get it back to work back up so we can quit brain fighters and start making champions again, they're going to take a lot of door, a lot of money to repair this place. So, but I'm not upset with that. It's just I got to do work. And I don't mind doing work when it's, gonna, when it's, when it's a good call. I might have to put money into putting the building back together or people going to help me put the building back together. That means that once I get together, I can start creating champion like my trainer used to do, my mm-hmm. used to May have to have created so many different trainers, I mean champions, and I'm one of them. Now, if I can go back and do start doing the same thing, may still did for other people. That made me so proud. I'll be so proud of myself. And what kind of you know memories did that street dedication, the day of that street dedication? What kind of memories did that spark for you of training under the tutelage of uh, you know, Emmanuel Stewart? It just brought back a lot of memories for me because I know this is this is the same place where I started my career. And now it's going to be the same place where somebody else is going to start their career and hopefully do better than what I did. That's just a, it's just, it's just a, a great, great, amazing thought in my mind. And now what would Emmanuel have said about that day? Uh, maybe a lot of probably uh, things that you can think he would have said, maybe, huh? Emmanuel said, said, man, that, this is awesome. They're giving you the gym for one thing, which they gave me the gym for two. And now... now we're passing it on, passing it down. It may, I think it may have been very proud to know that the city of Detroit cares that much about one man that one day want to pass the gym on. It's awesome. Jerry? Yeah, I'm uh, a joker, but, you know, Emmanuel was was a very serious guy, and I always like to, uh, you know, uh, quote remarks from Emmanuel. So I can just uh, imagine what he would say uh, for something like that for Tommy. Well, imagine yeah. you said. Imagine you gave a, little, a reply to what I would say about the gym. Okay. Well, I, well, we know what you said, but Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, God damn! I just did not believe this shit here. They did what? Did, Tommy, they gave you a gym. Uh, I mean, wait. What, what is it, a street? What? What? What the hell going on over there? So anyway, goddamn, I'm sitting here reading my paper and looked up on the goddamn TV, and who do I see? Thomas Hitman Hearn. This is some mir- miraculous situation going on here. Thomas Hitman Hearn got a damn street name after him. You know, I'm getting ready to call down here. What? Coleman Young died? Oh, hell. Well, who the hell can I call then? Well, maybe I'll maybe I call. Maybe I just call. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I just, I, 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 I'll, I'll just call. Kwame. What? Kwame in jail? 
Well, God damn, who the hell I'm going to call? They done gave Tommy Hitman Hearns a damn straight. Hold on, hold on. This is my wife calling. Hello, Marie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at TV. I see this. They gave Tommy Hitman Hearns Avenue over there where the, the crunk gym. And I don't know how I missed it. I was sitting here and... Anyway, I, I got to call some. Let me call Ronald Reagan or some goddamn body. I don't know. I got to call somebody to find out what's going on. So that's why what Emmanuel was, was, was joking through his mind because he, he missed it just a little bit. But, you know, I, I, I love Tommy. You know, he, he, we, 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 we call him we, we, when he was a little boy, and he was, he was so small, we just called him Junior. He had Junior feet, a Junior head, and Junior hands. Next uh, thing you know. I, I, how can you tell? <laughs> Well, you know, I, 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 I was hitting pretty hard back then. Yeah, but you know, but the, the mother kid, they wasn't like you. They, they, they had big hands, and you were just such a little. I looked at him. I said, "God damn!" His mama brought him all the way from the east side over here to box. Why did he keep that little son bitch on the other side of town? <laughs> First off, off the cuff, really good. You should be doing this for a career, too. Really good. Now, I've got to ask, though, Mr. Hearns, did Emmanuel sound like that? That was Emmanuel. That was Emmanuel? Emmanuel had a way with words. And, you know, he, he knew how to put things together. And uh, he, he, was just a, he was just a character, a really funny guy. Emmanuel was, you know... A very funny guy, but a very loving guy to yeah. it as well. Yeah, you know, I, 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 but I, I, I love Junior. I, I love him. You know, he was the first. He was the first little strong guy to come over here, over at my crunk gym where I built all my champions. And I kept looking at him, and and and, and it was a rainbow going on the same day. I looked at the rainbow, and I'm like, "What the hell? This rainbow keep going over my head for?" And and about. About six months later, I figured it all out. I entered this son bitch into a tournament, and I looked first. I said, "Tommy, you, you, you're slapping me. You're slapping the guy. You got the punch in the dark. Listen to me, what I'm telling you. You shoot it right down the middle, and you knock a motherfucker out. And I'm gonna show you how to do this. Now you just listen to me. And next thing you know, I looked up. His mama hollering, his sister hollering, and I said, "Tommy, shoot the goddamn right hand right down the middle." And the time he knocked this guy out cold and the guy fell out the ring, I knew then I, I had me a world champion and, and I, I got all my friends, borrowed some money and, and I pawned my car and, and we said, we're going to put all our money into this kid right here. And here we are uh, uh, 30 years later, 40 years later, and he is, some bitch got a goddamn street named after him, Tommy Hitman Hearns Avenue. I never wish he done won. We're all world title. All went to the went to the president, talked to the president, and, and and talked to all the kids all around the world. And now here we are. I, I, I was just talking to Barry Gordy, and he left. He left Detroit. I told him to stay right here to in Detroit and help us out, but he left. And so you know, I I work by I work my ass off, and here I am now looking at Tommy Hearns got a street, and 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 I ain't talking about the president gonna give him help him out with the gym. Now I am so proud of him. He has really made my life what it is. And I, I, y'all, excuse me for crying, but can somebody give me a, a, a nap? I wipe my face off. Tommy, come, come over here and give me a hug. You know I, I love you, little skinny ass. You really grew up to be a big boy. I'm glad I gave you some of them oatmeal that I used to cook. <laughs> you know? I'll just say this too: Mr. Hearns has a few inches on me. Only a few. <laughs> Only a few. But I was going to say, we can't discount the fact, too, that you won seven world titles in five different weight classes. So not just one or two world titles, seven world titles, too. I see you've been doing your homework. I have been, and trying to keep up. And you're right. Yes, sir. Now, what was the hardest weight division to win in for you? Probably was the, the, the cruiserweight division because 
that was so much more weight than I was ever used to carrying almost my frame frame because I have a small frame and didn't try to carry all that weight at one time and it was it was difficult and very difficult but I, I managed to to make the weight division make the weight and um once I made the weight I, I was cool as we all know one of your biggest bouts of all time was against Sugar Ray Leonard and you yeah. fought him twice right. you lost to him and then there was the controversial draw yeah. now he later admitted that you should have won that second bout. To me, that, that don't mean nothing. You know, if you knew I won, why you didn't say that when they announced you a winner or when they announced you as a draw? You said, uh, you know, I, I got my butt whooped that night. You know, so, because it happened. He knew, he knew what happened. All he had to do was be honest. But did you ever, I mean, did you think you should have won that bout? Was there that thought right after that or at all for you that you should have won that bout? After the draw was I thought I should have won, but declared? you know what? At that time, I was just willing to accept a draw because I figured if they give me a draw, if they give me a draw, then we would have to fight again. But that didn't happen. <laughs> he wouldn't think about fighting again. Did you want that fight to happen again? Come on, man. It was like one and one. So one, one win, one, one draw. I want to be two and two win instead of one draw. To me... That was the greatest, that's one of my greatest performance. But having a great performance and not winning, not having a great performance. I can tell it doesn't mean as much. And I can yeah. see that, I think, across all sports, right, guys? And I bet you guys can comment upon that, too, about how when you look I, at the sports a landscape. A, a great performance means that you're doing a great job and you won the fight. But my, I've done a great job, but I draw. I draw. That's crazy. Also, what it, what it does uh, in the business of it, a draw is a ripoff because you don't in in Vegas when you bet to win you got to win if you bet to lose you got to lose so when you bet to draw it got to be a draw so if you didn't bet a most people don't bet a draw because a yeah. draw is typically a long shot they normally gonna have a a winner so the people who bet all their money to win they lost but probably a, a smart better would have had it cover a draw just in case because of the odds. But the, the the average person is not betting a draw. You going for it all? A draw? Well, yeah. Who who bets for a, a draw? draw? Right. Well, Gamble. Well, professional gamblers. I, I draw. Hardcore. Yeah. Draw. <laughs> he, he. You know. I don't. And like I said, the only reason I, I joke about Emmanuel, if you if anyone who knows Emmanuel, they know how he talk. He was a you know really serious guy. He was kind of like Coleman Young. You know, Coleman Young was very outspoken, and he would say things. What? God damn it. Coming over here, I don't give a shit. You know, he would just curse. You know, but you know, so Emmanuel was a was a curse. Are you any kin to Coleman? No, that was your cousin. Remember, y'all was related. Uh, Coleman did a lot for Tommy, and uh, of course, yeah, yeah it was, he of course was. He did, brother. Yeah. Now, did I read that his son is running now? Yes. For the city of Detroit mayor. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. that is true. I I I, I do want to mention. You know, um, you know, during that, that that particular fight, you know, it's pretty much still edged in my mind, and to this day, that fight is still being given to. Tommy, I'm like what Jerry said. A draw don't exist in my mind because I watched that fight blow to blow. The champion won that fight. He fought for that fight and he won that fight. Um, but as we know, you know, things happen and life have to continue to move on. And that's what uh, the champ did. He continued to still to become our lifelong champion of the world. And as we are now today, we want to continue that championship, but in a different way. 
you know, as you, as we all know, Detroit is part of uh, the economic development, one of the one of the seven rapid uh, growing cities, downtown cities, as we speak now. Uh, there's so much economic development that's going on, and Tommy's name is constantly being mentioned throughout some of the development in terms of uh, what we might do with the Joe Louis Arena gym, uh, a museum, uh, restoring the historical legendary Kronk gym. A lot of things that are going on where Tommy is being considered as being a piece of this uh, pioneer uh, efforts to restore Detroit and keep the legends, the, the legendary, and keep the legends uh, going forward uh, in Detroit. Um, I do say so myself. So out of this, some great things has come out of that street renaming uh, in Detroit. Now, Vito, from time to time, yes. I like to turn on YouTube, watch old fights. One of my favorite fights of yours, Mr. Hearns, is the fight with Marvin Hagler. It was a great fight, and I consider those three rounds probably the three best rounds of boxing I've ever seen in a, in a fight. And from time to time, I'll go back and watch. And I know there was never a rematch, but after that fight, your legacy began, began to grow. A lot of people got respect for you based upon that fight. Did you know at that time that people were respecting you? And how did you handle around that time knowing that you're coming up in the fight game? Well, you know, I, I, people have always given me respect over the years I've been out here. So um, that was never an issue to, with me about re- having people respect me. It was just um, in that fight, I, a lot of things came out. I wanted to, to go out there and just do away with him real quick. And when that didn't happen... I knew when I went to the fight that it probably going to be a long fight because I knew that one thing would happen with my leg. I would have a problem with my leg. So I said, man, it's best for me to go out there. I came boxing, go out there, and try to drop the hammer on him. I dropped it a few times, and I broke my hand. After I broke my hand, I said, oh. I said, oh, Lord, please help me now. Because it was like I had, I had no weapon to hold him off. So, Tigers. Yeah, so um, <laughs> when that happened, I just I just started to pray. That's all. All I could do was just pray and, and depend on my left hand. Now, going into a fight, whether it be anybody, when you go into a fight, did you feel nerves, or did you feel like if you trained well that you are just going to go handle your craft? What was it like walking uh, to the ring to go battle with another man who you knew was out there to win and to, to do you harm? Well, it, it was it was like going to, the, going to the fight, I knew in the ring, I knew that I had no legs. So I had to change my game plan. My game plan was just go out and trick me out boxing. But once I figured, figured that my legs was gone, I told my man, I said, man, we're going to change the strategy. He said, what? We have to change the strategy. He said, what's wrong? I said, my legs are gone. He said, he said well, champ, you do what you got to do. You know what you got to do. Go do it. So I told him, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out there. And I'm going to try to take him out early. I'm going to take him out early because if I don't, I, I don't know how I'm going to go. Go out there. And do what you gotta do, Thomas. That's what I did. If you guys remember, he he cut him. He cut Hagler, and they were contemplating stopping the fight. So it was, you know, it was it was rough because he could have blinded. He was cut. It was a big gash uh, across his eye, and so that was a really game changer, you know, because in those exchanges, early exchanges, Tommy got the better of the early exchanges uh, between them, and. Uh, not the last Super Bowl, but the one last year, Al Michaels uh, mentioned that fight, comparing uh, the uh, the two teams that were playing against each other. 
uh, if they were going to go out there at each other like Tommy Hearns and Marvin Hagler. And I told Tommy, I said, man, you got like uh, at least a quarter of a million dollar worth of uh, advertise, free advertising, you know, from that uh, comment. You know, the whole world was watching the Super Bowl. And they're talking about to- comparing the, 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 the football game comp- to Tommy Hearns and um, and Marvin Hagler. Uh, back in the day, as a kid, they used to always compare things to uh, Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, and now they're talking and about Thomas Hearns Tommy being Hearns. brought up yeah. like that. Yeah. Very nice comparison. Now, is there any true comparison, though, from a team sport to an individual sport like boxing? Boxing is a club by itself because, you know, you can't really compare too much. When you say you compare football with boxing, it's different. I mean, they hit each other, but they hit each other with pads on. And when we box, it's, it's, it's nothing but you and them gloves. And now you get past them gloves, you're doing good. You're going swell. And you know what? When you were boxing, it was a great era for boxing. Yes. What do you think is the state of the sport right now? It's um laid back. <laughs> it's like it's like we're in a comfortable, in a very comfortable position right now with the fighters because the fighters are not giving the audience what they really want to see. The audience, the audience want to see go out there and go knuckle bill. Want to see you throw some punches. Want to see some head being knocked around. And and all they see is guys moving and ducking and not, and not doing nothing. And not, not giving them excitement. And people like, and when they, when they pay to see boxing, they want to see excitement. Are you talking about Floyd Mayweather too a little bit about how he kind of just dances around the boxing ring? I'm talking about everybody out there right now. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to try to single anyone out, but I'm just saying that you got to start giving the people what they want to see, what they're paying to see. But let me ask you, were you intrigued by that Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather bout? When? <laughs> not, not quite, huh? Not too intrigued? I didn't see it. <laughs> However, wasn't much of a fight you're saying in so many words, well, I guess. It, it, it wasn't what the people the people were expected to be. I mean, because the people thought we were going to put on a great show. But if you know Floyd, Floyd don't get in there and mix it up like that. Floyd, Floyd is a guy that stays out, stay out in his mood and make you look bad. Uh huh. He and just ducks and ducks. Yeah, ducks for a long man. time until he wins. Really, it seems like. Well, he ducks into to see a good shot and he takes a shot. Uh huh. It, it reminds you of uh, boxing with your little sister because you can't hit her back when you you know you just move around. She's chasing you around the, the room. I'm gonna kick your butt. Then she you duck out of her way. She slaps. She throw the shoe. You duck again. That's what it's like to me uh, watching Floyd. You, know, you, you duck. I, yeah. I can tell not a good fight then. That's not, not a good fight not, to watch. I'm not gonna agree with that point because <laughs> I, I ain't never gonna see the man's little little sissy though. No, 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 the man, the man has the ability to fight, but it's, <laughs> right. it depends on who he fighting. You know, he he can he can he can fight. He proved that he can fight. That he's just gotta he's gotta fight somebody. Who out there gonna give him a good match though? Who I don't see nobody gonna give him a good show. Have you heard about Conor McGregor, now an MMA guy, potentially fighting Floyd Mayweather? Would you be you interested know, in that? Let me tell you something. If he come, if, I, if he's my way, and he come over and, and my field, what I do, and try to beat me, of course I'm going to beat him. Because he, he, he go out of his class, his league, to go and fight somebody that's a champion that has the ability to beat him. And he, and he don't box, oh, he, he kickbox. He his feet got to stay on the floor. He got to use his hand. His skills are right off his hand. His hand skills are not that good. And can he spar like that? He probably can't keep up. He probably can't, not in the boxing ring. And no, then it wouldn't the even move, be a valid the, the fight. Move, the move was going to be too much for him. 
the head move, he, he know you should have got like Floyd moving his head, getting out of the way, making somebody look bad, and that's where he's going to look bad. I think he's looking for a knockout punch in his mind. Who looking for a knockout punch? McGregor. If I hit Floyd, that's all, and I was reading this on uh, was it Bleacher Report or something. Yeah, yeah. That he's looking for that knockout in his mind. He's relying but, on it. Well, it won't many, happen. How, it won't how happen. Many, how many people going around looking for right, that? Right. It won't. It won't happen. But that's what he's depending <laughs> on. That if I if I but hit man, him one time, I'm gonna knock him out too quick before right. him guy. But he, every person in their minds have visions of what it would be like when until you get in there. When the thought, when the thought of punching Floyd comes to, come to McGregor's mind, Floyd already out the way. Floyd right. left already. Yeah, I would like to knock out Floyd Mayweather too, but guess what? It's not going to happen. I can't even knock out my own brother. That's not going to happen anytime well, just soon. Stop, just, just stop thinking about knocking him out. You're not in my house. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know how to knock out artists. Leave it to knock out artists. Mm-hmm. What you do is talk. If there's no people going to come on, oh, I wish I could talk like you. Want to talk like you? Just, just tell them, it's going to take some practice, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the line to give them, huh? Now, when they ask you to face, hey, I don't fight. I'm a radio man. I'm on the radio. Mm-hmm. Get, on the, get on the radio and then we can talk. Mm-hmm. Now, Thomas, if, if a young person's listening to this and he wants to be a fighter, what two or three things does he need to do to be a world champion fighter? What do you look for in somebody that's young that's going to need to come up to become a professional first, to become a professional prize fighter? First of all, you got to get get the training. Learn. Go to somebody that knows what they're doing and get the proper training. Once you get the proper training, you're on your way. You are on your way. You just got to get this proper, proper training of hollow box, and then you got to be, build your win up. Get out there and do your road work. Two or three miles a day. You got you got to do it. If you don't do that, you're going to have no win, win to go the whole distance. Yeah, and you want to go the distance. The distance is very important. And now I know Emmanuel, he helped mentor Tony Harrison yes. for a while there, a guy that I interviewed on this podcast as well. Yes. And what do you think about him as a boxer? Tony, I think that Tony still has a lot to learn. And he te- he's very teachable because he, he's very willing to, to learn. So a guy like him, you got to give it to right person to show him how it's all about to show showing a man how to do something the right way instead of learning somebody how to do something the wrong way you always do something the wrong way but how many people do the right thing that is key in life and a lot of aspects of life and speaking of something to do with life and i think helping to resurrect the city of detroit which i know you've helped out with mr bolden you have all you guys collectively have wanted to ask about something that you already had brought up and you did as well thomas about the restoring of the original cronk gym and what is key to that? And what are the plans for it as of right now, guys? You know, uh, right now, I don't think I don't think that Thomas can answer that. Thomas Bowling can answer that because I've been looking into it and I see that the crunk gym is going to need a, a lot of work. And I have friends, I have people that is, is, is committed to helping me do the work. And as long as I got my people, my friends helping me, committed to helping me do the work, regardless of what it needs, it's going to be done. It, need a lot, it needs a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it, don't need, it needs a lot of work, but I got people that love me, that want to see me do this from, for, for the kids, get this thing back together and get it up and running again, so it's going to happen. Do you have a timetable, though, at all for the restoring of it? I can't say. I, I, I don't have a timetable, but I'm trying to put everything together right now. But once we start it, it's going to move quickly. It will move quickly. Thomas, anything to say about yeah, that? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, like the champion said, uh, it's going to take... Uh, a committee. That's that's the first thing, you know, to get the infrastructure 
and the blueprint together on which direction that we would start to proceed in. Uh, definitely it's going to take some finances, but once you collectively get the um, the components together, which is the, the committee is formed, and then from there, definitely another proposal will have to be written. And from that point on, we can go ahead and start, you know, the building process. But I, I, don't, I don't see a point where the finances are going to be a problem because everybody I talk to, I talk about they're, they're willing, they're willing mm-hmm. to help. Everybody wants to see it back up and running because the place has done so much for a lot of people, mm-hmm. not just myself, but for a lot of people. and gave a lot of people an opportunity or a chance get off the street, mm-hmm. and, we, and people want to see that happen all over again. Give somebody a chance, get them off the street, and give them doing something right. Show them, show them how to do something right for a change, mm-hmm. and that's what boxing is. And beside for helping to restore the original Kronk Gym, what is your game plan for helping out the city of Detroit going forward? My game plan is just to be there for when they call me when they need me, because I don't know everything that the city needs, but when the city calls me, I want to be there to help. Come to need and do whatever I have to do to help. Thomas Bolden? Well, definitely, uh, uh, like the champion spoke, you know, whatever the city may need, he's, he's willing and ready to participate. And not only that, uh, myself as well, uh, Mr. Hearns is a vital piece of the artwork that's in uh, Detroit. He, he is one of the historical uh, priceless art uh, that is there in Detroit. And with that being said, uh, the city wants to uh, uplift him and also be able to utilize him in a way to help the city continue to grow and and also identify the landmark, which is the historical legendary, worldwide legendary historical crunk gym, and as, and as well as the historical worldwide champion of the world, Thomas Hitman Hearns. So there's a lot of components and a lot of great things that are going on in the city of Detroit. Through hard work and efforts, we have a lot of people on board to help see these dreams and some of these endeavors uh, manifest. My take on that, that uh, we will succeed in our goal to uh, get the gym up and going. To restore. And to restore it. We will succeed in restoring Crump. We want to start the campaign right now. Join the fight with seven-time world boxing champion Thomas the Hitman Hearns to make Detroit great again. <laughs> Join the fight. That's the campaign. Join the Join Thomas, the fight. Join the Thomas Hitman Hearns fight to bring Detroit back to the historical days when everybody is happy. And also, I do want to send a shout out for Amy Sloan, who's been such an instrumental person with my campaign in, in assisting me. Who this? Uh, a- Amy Sloan. <laughs> Miss Sloan. Miss Sloan. Miss Amy Sloan. Miss Amy Sloan. I know that lady. Uh, yes. A great lady who helps hook real, up this interview too with you guys. A real guy. nice lady. Yes. And, Amy, uh, Amy. Amy. I know and, and, Amy. And, and, and with the effort <laughs> and the drive of uh, uh, Miss Sloan, uh, a lot of this would not have been possible without her, her efforts and, and her resources uh, that she has, and some of the great things that she does in the state of Michigan. All right, once again, Amy, Amy, come on, Amy. So I want to send a shout-out to Amy. Amy, come on, Amy. Amy, as I always have said about you, you're the quarterback, 
And your love is ubiquitous. It is everywhere at the same time. Where did you get that word at? That's a big word. <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. I'm trying to figure that? out what it means. That's pretty big. He but know but hey, probably a proper word to use to describe Miss Amy Sloan, too. Hey, Google it. <laughs> Google it. You can Google it. We can all do that. I know that much. You know, right. <laughs> understanding, you know, um, there are some That's the harder thing. You're right. There are some autobiographies that would like to be done on Mr. Hearns. They also um, talks about... Uh, a movie of his uh, life with the Kronk Gym beginning and now. Uh, there are a lot of things that have been mentioned on the table that uh, I've actually heard that would like to uh, be executed and, and, and possibly uh, done. So there's a lot of things that's going on uh, with Mr. Hearns in the city. Well, I'm going to be the first to tell you. I didn't tell nobody else this. But I talked to Emmanuel Stewart last night. We're trying to do a clone. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a nice thing if you could actually pull it off, huh? John, is there anybody you'd want to play you? Is Denzel Washington, potentially? Yeah, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only guy who could sufficiently play you, huh? You're quite the Batman yourself, huh? I, I, I think Denzel probably, I think Denzel could be one. Yeah. You know, because I saw Denzel train for a movie. I don't, I don't know what... Someone mentioned as we were talking with Amy Will Smith, but Will Smith would be huge. Yeah, and, and that name came up a couple of times. You know, Amy well, Will, 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 Will Smith played play yeah. boxing for yeah. Muhammad Ali. So mm-hmm. And yes, he has. Now, really quick before we end our segment here today, guys, do you think the city of Detroit is almost back to where it once was? No, I think we're we're getting there. Mm-hmm. We're not always, we're not there yet, but we are. Detroit is coming. It's coming. Detroit will. Detroit will make a comeback. They're gonna make a big comeback this time. Watch more. Watch more. Detroit is gonna come back. And it's making strides toward that comeback already. It seems like big very time. And with so. the Little Caesars Arena oh, coming very, now very as well. Much so very much so. We just want to be able to be a part of something. Of that development. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're looking forward. And we're very optimistic. And we're eager to. Uh, be a part of the new Detroit. Being that said, uh, we're in the process of uh, sending uh, a letter over to Olympia Entertainment yes. where they would have at the new Little Caesars Arena a statue of seven-time world boxing mm. champion Thomas the Hitman well, Hearn, I, the there icon of Detroit. Need to see that happen. I, I, don't, think, I don't think that's going to happen because that's that's. To me, it's far-fetched because... If we believe, champ, dreams come true. I'll say this, too. We want to see it happen. We hope yeah, it can happen. Right. Now, I mean, if, 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 if that was to happen, man, and while I'm still living to, to see that, man, man, that was... Oh, man, that would be, so, be fabulous. That would be, that'd be so awesome, man. I don't, I don't have the words hey. for that. Hey, he'll give up his dieting plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thomas, how do you want people to remember you as they're listening, as they reflect on your career, the great man that you are, the ambassador to the fine city of Detroit? Just, how do you want people to remember you? Remember me as the man that loved the people, loved his people for, for, for what they've done for me, what they allowed me to do here in this world, in this city. I mean, Detroit means so much to me because Detroit is the reason why I'm the person I am today because they all support me and they still love me. I thank him. I thank him very much for that love. And what a great ambassador Thomas Hearns truly is for the city of Detroit. No, no thank doubt. you thank for you. all your contributions yeah. throughout you, the no. years, too. Yeah, I just want to bring one other thing before closure. Tommy Hearns had the opportunity to fight in front of Joe Lewis on winning that first world title in Detroit. And lastly, Muhammad Ali fought his last fight 
on the same boxing card with Tommy Hearns in Nassau, Bahamas. Ali fought Travis Burbick. Uh, he lost and he retired. But that was the last time Ali fought some of the greatest, the the, wow. the greatest people in, in in the history of boxing. Tommy Hearns had the opportunity to intertwine with them on a high level. Uh, Joe Lewis was at attendance to at Joe Lewis Arena when Tommy Hearns knocked out Pepino Cuevas, uh back in 1980, and and that was in 89. When when uh, Ali fought his last fight, oh. that was in 81. So in 1981, Ali fought Trevor Burbick and Tommy Hearns. They were on the same car. Ali had lost to uh, Larry Holmes, and he made, he made one more comeback, and that was right after Tommy lost to Ray in September. So he fought in December of uh, 81. They both fought in the same car. Jerry Reese dropping the knowledge here on this edition of right. Too Bad Hombres. Now, uh, I'm, not yes, saying how, I'm not saying how true that may be, all of us. But you know something. Some of us true news, the rest of it, I don't know. True, Google. <laughs> Google it. You can find out the validity of everything that way. And quite the story that I have, my dad drove to a bar with a group of buddies to watch that bout for you against Pepino Cuevas, by the way. Was On closed-circuit television, was my dad. I there? No, at the fight. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't at the fight. No, you were at the fight. Well, I was at the, the fight. Uh-huh. <laughs> but let me just help the champ out. He said uh, he's not sure. Well, did you fight on the same car with Muhammad Ali? When? In Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, I think you were like flying around the ring, jumping. That, see, it could have been me. Yeah, that was him. And actually, they were sparring partner. If you go to uh, YouTube and uh, put in uh, Tommy Hearns versus Muhammad Ali, it pops right up and tells you all about it. And uh, listen, let me tell you, to 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 box your champion, Muhammad Ali was the reason why I started boxing. And to to get in the box, the champion. It kind of, kind, of, kind of peed me off a little bit because I took my pants and it was kind of wet a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, to get, actually get in the ring and box my money, it felt great. It felt great. And to box him and be able to hit with me, be able to hit with my money with jabs, I feel like, this is a, man, what you doing? This is the champion of the world. Muhammad And Muhammad Ali slapped me in the face with a I said, he hit me, I got to hit him back. Uh huh. You had him. He was a real deal, though, huh? Yeah, he's Muhammad well, real. Like say, the greatest of all time. Ironically, again in 1975, Muhammad Ali came to the Kronk Boxing Gym before Tommy Hearns uh, ever turned professional. Uh, he did an exhibition. Two years before. Two years before. Well, you started. 77. Yeah, 77 years. So two years before he uh, turned professional, Ali came to the the famous Kronk Boxing Gym, did an exhibition bout at Olympia Stadium, and they had uh, a group of young amateur kids from the Kronk Gym that were did exhibitions on it. But, you know, he played with Tommy's ears, and he looked at him then. He said, you know, he's a skinny kid, but I see something in you. And from that day on, I think it really resonated in Tommy's mind that it was something special about him. And then that's when Emmanuel came in. I think Ali was right, Tommy. I, 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 I see something in you. You're gonna, you're gonna be great. You just stick with me. I'm gonna show you how to throw the right hand. You gotta put on, you gotta get on the back, on your back foot, Tommy, and put a little power behind it, and you'll start knocking all those guys out. And after he started knocking them out, man, 
Now, see, didn't did, did I tell you time, timing? Now, didn't I tell you? Didn't I, I, your, your mama told you to stop eating them damn Cheerios and eat oatmeal. Don't talk so, about Tommy Okay, I'm sorry. No <laughs> Never talk about somebody's mama. I have found that out as well the hard way at times. Hey, that hey, is true. Hey, that's what happened. That's what happened. That's what happened with uh, Roberto Duran. So you know, we know what time. You got to watch out. Yeah. What you say at times, <laughs> you do. And what was that experience like for you with Ali being there at the Old Cronk Gym? Um, it was it was it was awesome experience because you know. Knowing that, for one thing, knowing that he was my idol. I mean, I, I, I couldn't take my eyes off him the whole time. I was like trying, I was trying to learn as much as I possibly can time he was there. And it was just so much going through my mind. I mean, I don't remember everything I was thinking, but man, I was saying, I, I, I got to cherish this moment. This moment, I got to keep him with me as long as I possibly can. I never know when I might see the champion again. You learned a ton from Ali, and I have learned a ton from you guys today. Guys, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Have a good one, guys. Best of luck to you as well. Thank you, Mr. Bolden, for uh, making this possible because, uh, you know, uh, my my watch, I got to get a new watch. It doesn't work too well. But being that they have phones, you know, Mr. Bolden, he called like early in the morning, like 5 o'clock. I said, but it's at 5 o'clock in the evening, man, not 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm glad he got you ready and got you here, though. It was a pleasure. Jerry, Thomas, Mr. Hearns, everybody here, guys, thank you very much once again. It's been a great time. Thank you. I love you.